Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today, I'm here with Pat Helmers, an international business consultant for technology startups, founder of the Sales Babble Podcast, and he brings decades of experience to draw from, which he shared during our conversation. The topic today is the thought that big ideas aren't great, follow through is. We discuss the biggest problem with bringing a big idea to life and how to overcome it, how to get other people to write great sales and marketing copy for you that will sell your big idea to the world, how to stay motivated while bringing your big idea to the world, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for being here, Pat. Appreciate you taking the time to share some genius. It's an honor to be here, Mark. Absolute honor. And on our, in our last conversation, you said something simple, but to me it was profound when we were talking about big ideas, that big ideas aren't great. Follow through is. Could you speak more to that? Because I think there's so much there. Yeah, I, I totally deeply believe that. But a lot, lot of people have, um, have a misunderstanding. They think if I just had the right idea that I can bring it to Shark Tank and get it funded and I can be highly successful. That is the idea is the thing that they're lacking in their lives. They could just get that one good idea. And then once in a while, people get that one good idea in, in their mind and they, and they, they find that they're never able to, to, to find any success. And the reason for that is, is that it's actually the follow through and, the, and taking an idea and bringing it to completion, you know, getting other people enrolled around it you know, and building a team, you know, and, and trying it out on people, on customers and clients and seeing if they like it or not. And then eventually like polishing it and eventually, you know, having some kind of distribution method where it gets out to the stores or onto the web or whatever. That's the hard part. The idea is, is trivial compared to that. I mean, I've, I've worked a lot with startups where people are afraid to tell me what their idea is. Or they want me to sign, you know, some uh, some, um, some 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 document, you know, some non-disclosure, an NDA, for fear that someone's going to steal their idea. For the oh. most part, ideas are very common, and ideas come and go. And real entrepreneurs have a million ideas, and what they do is they just try them, try one after another after another, you know, you know, failing fast and failing early. Why do you think people don't follow through? It's hard. What's, what's the hard part? It's hard getting things off the ground. It's a heavy, heavy lift. Um, supposedly, only one out of 10 person has an entrepreneurial spirit to them. So, and supposedly, right, 10, you know, you know, only one out of 10 companies will make it up to five years. You know, half of them will be gone within a year. It's, it's very, very, very difficult getting a company off the ground and uh, the odds are against you. And in fact, a lot of successful entrepreneurs have had to have, have had to experience a number of failures before they finally like hit on it. So it takes a lot of work. It takes an awful lot of work. I've worked on a lot of startups in my life and it is tough getting your first 10 customers really hard. If someone's listening and they go, okay, I agree, it's hard. That's me. What do you do? <laughs> you know, you, you got to treat it like it's, um, you just got to, you got to dig into your competitive spirit. You got to dig into the thing that, where you, you know, where you find joy. 
And if this idea that you have really expresses who you are and what you're about and how you want to see the world go and move forward, you use that, use that to power you and you treat it. I, I, I would treat it more like a sport or a game, you know, you know, more like a hobby. Like this is something I really enjoy doing in that no one's making me do this. And yet it takes a lot of time and a lot of work, but this is who I am. This is where I find joy in my life. And I mean, how many times, I don't know how many times I've worked on, I've worked for a place and I'd get up early in the morning and work, work on it for two hours, you know, try, try, try to get a project off the ground. Why did I do that? Because it, it, it brought a lot of value to my life. It made it, it's fun learning. It's fun having challenges. It's fun having total control. Um, no one's telling you what to do. You get to do it the way you want to do it. Um, if you, if you focus on those kinds of things, um, that can help motivate you to move it forward. But how do you enroll the customers? Is it by you know solving a problem for them, or how do you get them excited about your? Because entrepreneurs get so excited about their own ideas, but sometimes that tough part is, and I've run into that before, where you get that look of, "What is it? The product or service? What do you mean?" Yeah. So this is surprisingly easy to figure out, actually. Um, I'm a strong proponent for doing some market research first before you ever build anything. Before you spend a nickel building the thing that you want, um, instead, I would highly recommend that you you find ten customer, you find ten people who you think might be your ideal client, and um, and doing a market research uh, questionnaire. If you call people up and say, look, I'm thinking about building this product or the service. I don't know if it's a good idea. It might be a good idea. I'm not too certain. Could you answer a few questions for me? It'll only take a few minutes, I promise. Uh, it would help me immensely. And those people would invariably say, sure. Right? You're not trying to sell me anything. You're just asking for my advice. You know, And you're buttering it up saying, you know, you're an expert. You live this life. I would love to know what you think about it. And then you ask them questions so like, you know, what kind of you know, what kind of problems are you facing? How does that impact your business negatively? What would it mean for your business if you had some kind of solution? How would that turn your business around? Um, wh what if I built something like this? Would that, would, do you think that would solve your problems? You think it wouldn't solve my problems? Oh, interesting. Just ask them a bunch of questions like that, and they will tell you exactly what they think. Now, let's say you do this to 10 people. And then you factor out all the common stuff that they say. You're going to hear a reoccurring theme about what they like and what they don't like. And it'll help you focus on what you should build and what you shouldn't, what you shouldn't build. And if you like document their words by verbatim, that's the marketing copy that someday you're going to use. The sales copy you're going to use when you speak to people that you've never talked to before. And you're going to say, let's just say sometimes people would say in that industry like yeah this this thing is just like being stabbed you know poked poked in the head with a spoon every time i have this i'm poked in the head with a spoon so then whenever you say if you were to write something you are you in xyz industry and does it feel like you're being poked in the head with a spoon people who are in the industry will go hey that's me and they'll say yeah that's me and then you can like reach out to them and say would you be interested? I think I might be able to help you. They would say, sure, I'd talk to you. Because these people that you interviewed are going to tell you what everybody else is saying in that industry. They know the secret language. 
every industry's got a secret language. You got to learn that secret language if you're going to sell to them. And you can learn it through a survey. Yeah. What about the other side of the coin? Does entrepreneurs tend to get lone wolf syndrome? And I know we had talked about, you just mentioned, you have to enroll people around you, build a team. How do you go about that? I, I really believe that people need to be in dialogue all the time. And these lone wolf, wolf people need to build um, um, a community around themselves or find a community that's similar. Like I know a lot of software developers are able to do things like that in GitHub, you know, and, 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 and learn, people, learn people within that area. But you could do the same thing by, you know, becoming a member of a chamber of commerce or um, um, like I'm a member of uh, the Fox Build Makerspace and, um, and co-working space in St. Charles, Illinois. Um, and from that, you start building a, a net network of people that you can rely upon. Ideally, another great idea is, is people get themselves into um, masterminds, other people who are also building things, and get them to um, get people to hold each other accountable. Get together every week. You say, these are the things I'm going to work on. I'm going to get these three things done next week. You commit that you're going to do that, and the next week you come back. And if you commit to things, if you say things out loud, people have a tendency to keep their promises more than if they just kind of keep to themselves. So if you're a lone wolf, the best thing you could do is get other people involved in your project, other people excited about it, and make commitments to them. Well, with, with making commitments, one thing that you had said in a previous conversation is a secret of success, part of the secret of success at least, is to tell the world and commit, which flies in the face of the NDAs that some startups need. But- I know. <laughs> you're exactly right. You're, <laughs> you're a clever guy. You can do that. yeah you're right you're right so do the survey first and then use that copy to tell the world or do you just start talking about it as soon as you have an idea well then you do the survey and then they'll they'll tell you whether or not what you have is a good idea or a bad idea because you might come out of the survey and say we don't we don't care about that we're not interested in that that's not the real problems we have in our businesses or or some hope or desire that we have we we don't care about that stuff so if you go and build it, you'll never be able to sell it. But if they do say, yes, that is something that I'd be interested in, and it's got to have these, this kind of functionality, these kinds of features, of these, you know, this, this set of criteria before we buy that, now you know what to build. And then you go build it. Then you come back to those 10 people and you say, remember three months ago we did, I, I asked you a bunch of questions. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, I built something. Would you be, could you give me some input on what you think of this? And then you show that to them and they go, dang, you really listened. That's awesome. Awesome. And then they'll say, I'll buy that. And that's how you can get your first, your first customers. So what's the next step? You get people enrolled, you get a few clients. The big idea is still mostly a big idea. It kind of have traction, but what do you do to actually get traction beyond step one, step two? Well, I think, as I said, the most difficult thing to do is to get your first 10 customers. And that comes through sales. Lots of times, a lot of people are afraid of sales. They think sales is a, is a, yicky, is a yicky word. It's something they're not really interested in. It's something they're only a part of. They think that maybe they could like um, 
hire somebody to just do it? If I just pay you commission, will you go do it? But the truth is, is that when it comes to founders, that they need to be the person to get the first few customers. And the only way you can do that was with sales. Net what that what well, by and by that what I mean is is you you find people who you think are a good fit, you qualify them to see if they really are interested in in that, give them a presentation, see if they agree with it, get them to agree to purchase it, and then and then and then and and then you've got then you've got some customers. As opposed to why do I bring this up? As opposed to this idea that well maybe if I just run some Facebook ads, you know and People look at them and then, um, or, I, or I build an email list or I buy a list and I send a bunch of emails and I put a shopping cart on there and then people will just click on it and buy. Um, lots of stuff doesn't work that way because you don't really know how to make an ad. You really don't know how to like create an email campaign if you haven't physically talked to your first set of customers. It's through physically speaking to the customers, actually building a relationship with them those people will tell you how to do marketing. So the, the goal here is if you can get your first 10 customers, then you can kind of see like these two customers out of the 10 are awesome. This is really the kind of people I really want to serve. These people are okay, but they're not as profitable. These kinds of people are nothing but a pain in the butt. I never want to sell to these kinds of people again. <laughs> so now you got these other two. Well, then your, your, the tough task is then to go to the, the next 100. So you need to get 90 more and you focus on selling up to the 90 more that are of that two of that top two uh, to 20% that you're looking for. When you get down, when you get about a hundred of them, now, you know, you've done enough sales that you can actually start automating your sales process. And that's what marketing is. Marketing is the lead generation part of sales. It's finding people who you think might be a good fit, and getting them to put their hands up and saying, yeah, I might be interested in that. That's called qualifying. Um, but you can't really do that until you've made a few, a few sales. Sales comes first and then marketing. I think a lot of people do that the opposite. When I was a mentor at one of the largest incubators in Chicago, that was one thing I would see. They were coming in, how can I make this product great? But they haven't been talking about it. They were all focused on getting, let's call it an app getting the app perfect or getting a service offering perfect. And then they go, Oh no, <laughs> where are the clients? Absolutely. That is a sin that people that people do over and over again. I see founders doing this all the time. You see it on shark tank, right? You know, people somehow or other get on shark tank and they say, I got this great product and they, and it's beautiful. They, they have all these beautiful graphics designs and it looks so sharp and clean and everything. And they go, so what are your sales? How many sales you got? Eh, not that many. <laughs> well, how do you know this really, really, it sounds good what you're saying, but is there really market for that? Well, that's what I'm care for to raise money from you guys to, well, one reoccurring thing you like see on that show is, is they want to see sales. They want to see proof that the market really finds value in your product or service. That's why do you think people omit that part in the beginning? Because they're afraid to sell. They're afraid to let their bird, they're, they're, they're afraid to let their babies free. They're afraid that they're going to be criticized. They're afraid they're going to be rejected. They're afraid that someone's going to say, this is a dumb idea. This is ugly. or This doesn't look very good. So the, they're very comfortable creating. 
you know, they're, they're very comfortable like polishing it and making it perfect in what they think people want, but it's really only their, their imagination that's thinking this because they're not really talking to people. They really, you don't really know what other people think because no, none of us are mind readers, but they, to the best of their ability, they try to make it perfect. I just talked to a guy uh, two months ago who did that, who wrote a fair amount of software for And as soon as he told me what he was working on, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is really going to sell. I don't know if people really want this. And how much do you want to charge for this? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, and he had he'd done a lot. I says, well, why don't we do some market research? And he did, he made like three or four or five calls and he came to the realization like, oh my goodness, no one's ever going to buy this. After he invested all that time, but he enjoyed putting it in just like you would enjoy any hobby, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you money. You know, you like, you like to work out or you like to do carpentry, you know, you like to do woodworking, <laughs> you know, um, gar- you know, yeah. So how can people get over the fear or is it you just have to go through it and there isn't really any way to get, get over it, so to speak? You know, you just can't please everybody all the time. And if you can come to that kind of self-understanding that some people aren't going to like what you do and that's okay. And it, re- it really isn't a measure of you being a good human being or not. If some people don't like your stuff, that's, a, that's okay. That's okay. You got to be okay with some people not liking liking your stuff you got to have um the confidence it's it's actually to a certain degree an act of faith that if i ask enough people their advice and their opinions about my about my thing and i listen to them it's going to turn out okay i don't know how it's going to turn out okay i don't know what direction it's going to take me but it's going to it's going to work out and i just have faith in the process I have to have faith in me that I'm going to stick with it and not take it, you know, not take it personal when someone criticizes me or criticizes my baby. Oh, the the ugly baby syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So a tough skin is a requirement then, huh? Yeah. But, 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 But I think it's all a matter of mindset. You know, it does, for example, I don't feel like I have a, do I have a tough skin? I don't know if I do or not. I'm just okay with people telling me, no, that's a, it's not a very good idea. I'm like, instead of me saying, oh, you're wrong. I immediately go, really? How come? Why? <laughs> Pull out a pen, start taking notes. Tell me why. Tell me why you think this is a bad idea. I'm like, awesome. Let me get some input. Especially if I think if I respect them, if I think like they're, they're a perfect fit for what I'm trying to do. You know, they have some more experience than I do. Yeah. So where do you draw the line between sticking with it, dealing with rejection, and doing market research and realizing I got to pull the ripcord now, this is not going to work? I mean, where yeah. is that line? That's a really good question. And I think, I think it becomes obvious. I mean, it, it's like I remember I was working with, um, with, with the lady who really wanted to sell, who was, who was, who was we had a barbecue recipe she really loved. She really wanted to sell the jars for like $4.75. She goes, if it gets more than that, people can't afford it, you know? And then I asked her, well, what does it cost to make it? And she's like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> we did some calculations. It was, it was, it was pretty clear. It was like $5.75 or $6 to make it. And she goes, gosh, we got charged $7, like just that quick. 
just by just by actually doing some calculations came to the realization like oh i'm going to have to i'm going to have to charge a whole lot more so then if you do market research and say would you buy this barbecue for eight dollars about a jar and everybody says no then you know that i don't have a viable business here i got to do something different i got to change a recipe i got to change how i make it i got to do something different so it's a matter of, in, in a case like that, it could be a service offering. I need to tweak my service offering. I need to tweak my app. I need, it's not always, I got rejected, so I'm going to shut down. There's a certain point, like you said, it costs too much to make it. Nobody's going to pay $9, $8 a jar. No one's going to pay 20 bucks for an app. So there's a chance to keep it alive and change it or understand that you can't feasibly change it, yeah. call it a day and move on, if I hear you right. Right. That's right. I like the idea of iteration though. Right. Tried that. Didn't work out. Let's try something different. Tried that. That didn't work out. Oh, let's try something different. Right. You see that, you see that in, in this, in, in the startup world all the time where people pivot, right? Like we tried writing, we tried doing this. It didn't work. So we thought we, we have some good work here. What if we approached it from this point of view? I think that's I think that's a pretty clever thing, a pretty clever way way of approaching it. So, fail. go ahead. Fail early, fail fast, as we said before, and iterate when you can. Iterate. So, in closing, if, if whether it's something we spoke about already or something you haven't brought up, if there's one key ingredient, if you're going to bring a big idea to life, if you do nothing else, oh, for the love of God, do this. What would that be? Talk to your customers and listen. Really listen. Really, really, really listen. Ask lots of questions. Listen. Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time, Pat. I appreciate you sharing some genius. We didn't laugh much though, did we? <laughs> pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, we did. We got pretty serious on this one. <laughs> this is a good conversation. Every time you and I talk, I feel like we're we're goofing off more. But today, today we certainly did it, did we? This was this has been a value packed twenty one minutes. Awesome, awesome. What Thank an you. Honored to be here. I really appreciate it. So, if someone wants to find you, where can they find you? Well, Online. Fine. Easy peasy to find. I'm on LinkedIn, Pat Helmers. I think it's linkedin.com slash IN slash Pat Helmers, something like that, right? Um, you can find my podcast. I have a podcast on sales called Sales Babble, Selling Secrets for Non-Sellers. Um, you can find it at salesbabble.com. And if you want to start a podcast, I can help you get started. I have a podcast uh, service called abaneromedia.net. Abanero with the H-A-B, but the H is silent. Like ABBA, like the band. There you go. And Nero, the the the, the, the science the, the, of neurology. <laughs> no, no, no. The no, the Roman emperor who was awful. ABBA Nero. <laughs> ABBA Nero .net. Excellent. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.